Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. We strive to lead people to be God-chasing, grace-shaped love agents. Our goal is to tear down the walls that have kept people away from church to help them build a relationship with God, our Creator. We are so glad you're tuning in today. We hope and pray that this leads you to Jesus and His path for your life. So, without further ado, here is today's teaching. Without any further ado, I am pleased to uh, introduce this morning's speaker. Uh, if you want to start coming up, uh, Brandon Smallwood is someone I met a couple years ago when his family moved here from Kentucky. Great potential for spiritual leadership. And back in March, we actually ordained him as one of our elders, one of our first group of elders. And so Brandon is going to be bringing the word this morning. So welcome Brandon to the stage. So like Chris said, many of you know me, some of you don't, but my name's Brandon Smallwood. I am one of the elders here at Venture Church. And I just want to bring you up to speed just for a moment of where we are in our series that we've been working on through the summer. Uh, It's the series called Walk the Walk, the Fruit of the Spirit. And so I want to go back to that passage uh, just in case you weren't here. Maybe you were on a a trip and maybe you had to work. Sometimes I have to do that myself. myself. But um, I want to bring up this passage just to review where we are. And we're in Galatians 5. We're in uh, verses 16 through 26. And just to give you a little background, this is the Apostle Paul. Uh, He's one of the, he probably wrote probably at least a third, maybe two-thirds of the New Testament. He's a total convert. Um, He's a believer, and he's writing to these people in Galatia. Just to give them a list of some things that we can identify as virtues of either A, on this one list, these are things of the sinful nature, and over on the other side, we have some things that are more that are from the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, if you will. So just a little bit about the sinful nature. We talk about like things like impurity, sexual immorality, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Those are just a quick highlight of those. And he, and he describes it as those things are obvious, But then there's another list, and this is where we're going to go in, and this is where we've been for the last several, like seven weeks. I think this is like the eighth week. Maybe we have one more week to go. But the fruits of the Spirit are very very much contrast to that. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And I'm saving this one to the end because today we're going to talk about faithfulness. That's where we're at. We're talking about faithfulness today. So with that in mind, I hope you'll give me a little liberty. I want to tell you a little story. Um, and maybe this will demonstrate some faithfulness to you. But two days ago, Melanie and I, in fact, celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary. Yes. Right. And we'll be signing autographs after service today. No, but seriously. So, you know, and Melanie, she, she really likes to keep people in perspective that, you know, we've been married for 16 years, but she likes to tell everybody that we've been together longer than we were ever apart because we were dating for like nearly 10 years before we were married. So that's 26 years that we've been together. And so I have a pretty good insight of what she would probably want for her anniversary gift, right? You know, I think I have some experience here and I basically know, and maybe this is not a good thing, but there's one thing, as long as I get that, She'll be happy for our anniversary. And so, you know, like, I could, I could probably go and get 
like a diamond necklace for her, I could probably go and get like, maybe I could get her a new car. That would be awesome, right? But I know that all she wants is this one. It doesn't matter. None of those would compare to what she wants, the one thing. And so two days ago, that's right, two days ago at 7 a.m., I got up like any good faithful husband would do, and I went to Walmart because I had to get the one thing that I knew she would want. And you're like, what in the world are you going to buy at Walmart that's, that means something to her? And the answer to that is the anniversary card because that card means more to her than anything else. Um, so I tell you that just to have an idea that, you know, that was somewhat of a faithfulness. I got up at 7 a.m. to make sure she got her card. <clears throat> But going on on faithfulness, I want to talk, let's define what faithfulness is. How can we talk about a subject if we don't know what we're dealing with? And so I use Siri. You know, I said, Siri, what's faithfulness? And I kind of, I got a nice little definition about what faithfulness would mean. And it basically said that faithfulness was a quality or a characteristic of being faithful. And that, I was like, okay, I kind of get that, but... I'm not really sure that does it for me about what faithfulness is. So I was like, well, you know, they make these things called a dictionary. I'll look at that. Because in my mind, I was totally like, there's a root word to faithfulness. It's faith. And faith to me means belief. But I don't, does faithfulness mean beliefulness? That just doesn't sit right. So anyway, so I looked up faithfulness. And basically what I saw is that it's a steadfast affection or it's an allegiance to something. It was loyalty. It meant firm in adherence to promises or an observation of duty. That like really hit home with me, an observation of duty. And then there was like an obsolete definition. It was like full of faith. So that was like number three. So I was like, man, that's, that's unique. So then I went, it's okay, let's look at the root word of faithfulness. It's faith. So what is that all about? And basically it said the same kind of thing. Like definition number one was an allegiance. This is faith. It's allegiance to duty or to a person, loyalty. And then this other sub-definition, fidelity, hit with me. That's like, wow, that's, that's about a relationship. And then the, again, it talks about belief and trust. So that's just a little quick review of some definitions. But we have a statement that we use here at Venture Church, and I'm sure if you've been here before, you've heard it. Whenever we have questions, we always want to go to the Bible to find out the answers to those questions. And so I want to get into some text today. Um, we're going to be in Hebrews 11. And this is a chapter of the Bible. Um, it's, they call it the Hebrew writer. That author is not completely unknown. So we'll just refer to it as that, and I'll leave that where it is. That's a whole other study if you want to do that at some other time. But basically, the Hebrew writer is going to tell us in this chapter 11 that there's this list of people that he wants to point out who are considered the Hall of Fame, the heroes of the faith. And many people refer to this chapter as the heroes of the faith chapter. And so what the Hebrew writer goes through, and he's talking to this audience of Jewish people at the time, he sort of has this mode of how he describes this in Hebrews 11. And it's at the bottom of the screen here. Um, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. 
by faith. And then he goes on to list like all these individual people. It's like Abel. It's Noah. It's Abraham. Um, it's Moses. It's Jacob. And he's like got 15 people that he's talking about that are like these Hall of Fame all-stars of faith. And there's like 15 of them, 15 people throughout the Old Testament. I think Abraham's mentioned like three or two or three times. I think Noah's mentioned twice, or at least Mo- Moses is mentioned twice. And I'm not going to discuss all of those Hall of Famers today because that's a whole other sermon series. We can do that next summer and take up the whole summer. Um, but I want to talk about what these stories, what can we get from them if we look at each individual one? And what are the, is there an overarching theme from them? And I recommend if you want to look at these stories, you go ahead. But what I found was that all these individuals had one thing in common. They had faith that led to action. And the action was following over time and time again what God had called them to do. That's what they did. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was an over and over and over repetitive thing. These people demonstrated faith and obedience and loyalty to God. These people, these Hall of Famers, were in fidelity with God. They had a relationship. And their lives truly demonstrated a quality or a characteristic that we would call faithfulness. These heroes of faith had amazing follow-through. That's a key word today is follow-through. Like God spoke to them, and they just did it. They kept going. These stories in Hebrews 11 basically demonstrate to us they serve as testimonies of what and how God can accomplish something that is beyond our wildest dreams and expectations to the people who are faithful to him. Like, for example, here's one like Abraham. Ever, a lot of people are familiar with the story of Abraham, but if you've not heard it, just a quick synopsis is, like, Abraham is, like, super old, like 90 or something. And God basically comes to him and says, I'm going to, you're going to father a nation at the age of 90. Well, many of you know I'm in medicine. His wife was also very advanced in her age. I mean, it's not too probable that that's going to happen for his wife at the age of 90. But it did. He did it. He was faithful, and God showed up faithful as well. Then there's the story of, like, Noah. I mean, almost everybody's heard this story, like the guy builds an ark, right? I mean, this big, huge boat, while everybody else is just like, what are you doing? How in the world? Why would you do this? It's not raining. It's not raining for days. It's not going to rain for a while. And just a side note on the Noah story, my family and I had this really distinct privilege. Uh, I think it was April of this year. We were traveling through Kentucky, and we had some plans, but those plans really didn't work out. We had the opportunity to go to the Ark Encounter. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, but it's, I have to say it's pretty impressive. So this guy, Ken Ham, has this whole series like The Answers in Genesis, and he decided that he was going to build this Ark replica it's um, in northern Kentucky, sort of between, like, Lexington, Kentucky, and then, like, Cincinnati, Ohio. And they've, to the best of their abilities, they've recreated the entire arc in, like, as most accurate 
possible way that they could do. But what impressed me about this massive structure is that it's literally the length of like one and a half football fields. One and a half football fields. And then the width of it, when you look straight down it, it's like two school buses. They're like, you know, lengthwise next to each other, side by, you know, lengthwise, one in front of the other across. That's the whole width of the thing. And then they talk about the height of it could be like three giraffes stacked on top of each other, like the biggest giraffes probably you've ever seen. And then the thing that really got me was the capacity of this massive thing could hold up to 583 semi-box trailers inside of it. I mean, that's huge. And to keep in mind, like, this is way back. This is like Old Testament. This is like rudimentary tools that Noah's doing. And it says that he and his family, it took him like 20, or at least we scholars estimate that it took him like 20 to 40 years to build the ark. Now that, my friends, is some faithfulness. I mean, that's a lifetime of work. 40, I've, I've been here 42 years on the planet. It might have taken him that entire time to build the ark. So my point is that these stories from the, from the heroes of the faith, this is inspiring stuff about what God can do by his faithfulness through those who are faithful to him. And I was thinking, like, I got to know where I can get some faithfulness like that. I mean, where do I, how do I do that? And fortunately, the Hebrew writer just keeps going on because he's going to go into Hebrews 12, and he's got, there's a great passage there, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, I just want to point out what this great cloud of witnesses, what that, that, those are the heroes of the faith. Those are those all-stars. Those are the, that's the Moses, that's the Abraham, that's all these people. They are witnesses to what God can do. They're proof positive of his power. It says, because we're surrounded by these people, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, of our faith. So Venture Church, what I'm trying to say is, did you catch where the faith came from? There's an author and there's a and a perfecter and that's Jesus. That's awesome. And some people might be like, okay, whoa. What you're saying, Brandon, it's like Jesus, what did he have to do with these people in the Old Testament? How's that possible? I thought we were talking about like way back, you know, Abraham. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we were having our service here and Chris was talking about like there's this trinity, this concept of like God has many forms or at least three, three forms. So there's like, you know, one, God the Father, two, God the Son, Jesus came on the earth, dwelt among us. And then there's the third one, it's the Holy Spirit, right? So the point I'm trying to make here <clears throat> is that we have... Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, we have him within, we can have him within us and have that power. Our faith is made perfect through him. Another thing that kind of hit me about these stories about heroes of faith was like when you read about them, God spoke to them in sort of a different, sort of a unique way. Like sometimes it might have been a dream that somebody had or Maybe it was um, a burning bush. We've heard a story about Moses and, and the burning bush. And then, you know, 
maybe it was through a cloud. And I'm not saying God doesn't speak that way anymore. I just don't see, we, it doesn't seem like we see a lot of evidence of that. Or at least it's not the most prominent way that he speaks to us. But then things changed, you see, because Jesus came. This was God the flesh. He came to earth as a baby, and he grew into a man, and he dwelt among us. And he was physically here with mankind for a while. And it's interesting to me that people referred to him as rabbi, teacher. And Jesus went through the time on earth, and he healed people, and he comforted others, and he trained. He trained this like group of people. They called them the disciples. And near the end, he did something really interesting to me. And I think it's interesting to, to you, maybe interesting to you as well. But it was near the end of his ministry, not too long before it was time to go and face the cross. He was like, hold, hold up, come over here. I, I want to tell you guys something, these disciples. He called them over and he gathers them in and he says, and this is in John sixteen seven. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate or the counselor, some versions say, some versions might say helper. But if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So that's, that's it. This is the key thing. It's like we have the Holy Spirit. We have a helper when it comes to being faithful. So I'm trying to reconcile this. So I'm, what you're saying is I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me and that helps me be faithful. And so something came to mind. I was kind of thinking, you know, like a lot of people think about like one day when I get to heaven, I can't wait to get there because I want to ask somebody like Noah, one of those heroes of the faith, what was it like? when God basically spoke to you, told you to do something, and then you did it, and then God showed up and like helped you through every bit of it. What was that like? But I think, I really, maybe, just maybe, I'm thinking Moses is going to look at me and say, dude, did you realize you had the Holy Spirit living inside of you? I didn't have him inside of me. I could have built four arcs, man, because that's the kind of power you got. That you, we've got this straight inside of us. And so what I'd like to suggest to you, and I'd like to draw this analogy today, is that this Holy Spirit, is that it's, he's an advocate, he's a counselor, but he's a helper, and he's our trainer. Our trainer in faithfulness. Can I give you an example of what I'm talking about when I'm sort of laying out this analogy? Like, take an Olympic medalist, for example, I mean, there is no doubt these people are just highly skilled. They have a lot of natural talent. But you know what's really interesting? If you look at each one of those people, there was somebody that was by their side pretty much through every bit of their training and their preparation. None of them achieved that greatness on their own. They had one thing in common. It was a trainer. It was a coach. It was someone who guided them and directed them, who encouraged them to follow through. At times when they probably didn't even want to, someone who sustained them made them feel like their goal was possible. 
It was not impossible. The trainer always kept working with that athlete until the routine or whatever stroke or lift, it was something that basically became a habit, a very way of their life, a characteristic, if you will. This is something these athletes, what they can do was not something that happened in a day or overnight. It's something that came about in a lifetime. So Venture Church, what I want to declare to you is that you have a trainer, a mighty, powerful trainer inside of you, someone on your side, someone helping you walk the walk. You have the Holy Spirit within you. So I'm just going to get personal for a second. I want to give you a real-life example of what I'm talking about. Because you see, today, I'm taking a step to try to live out some faithfulness in my life. Me standing before you today has been a nudge that happened in my life 26 years ago. And what I could not see was that it would take four years of undergrad education, four years of medical school, a wife, two kids, and a move away from my entire home family to Wilmington to get to a point of obedience and conviction. And I want to be honest, it has not been easy for me. Like, up until a couple weeks ago, uh, Chris called me up and he's like, hey man, I want to get together with you. Let's talk about your sermon. And I was like, whew, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, all right, good. So, you know, we meet and I'm like, I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm ready to come with us. Like, uh, I wanted to say, hey, you know, I, I said I was going to do that, but I really... I really just don't think it's going to work out for me because I've got like a week of people coming into town for like six or seven days, a week ahead of that. And then I'm going to work four straight night shifts or five in the ER, and I'm going to be beat. And then, oh, by the way, it's going to be, Melanie, it's going to be our anniversary like two days before that day. And I, I was just like, oh. But you know what? Something happened. It was like something spoke to me, and it was like, Hello, do you remember Hebrews 12? Man, you got to throw off everything that's entangling you to persevere. You got to follow through here, okay? It's just one more step of faithfulness. There's another step. You know, I've, I've taken a couple of steps just by being here. I'm, I'm involved in being in the eldership of the local church here. And I want you to know that this, this group of men, we're praying that all of you will possess that quality of faithfulness and that that faithfulness will generate fruit, bear fruit, fruit of the Spirit. They call it joy. It's kindness. It's peace. It's love. It's patience. It's gentleness. And it's self-control. Because you see, Venture, our faithfulness to God puts us, our faithfulness to God to God plus the faithfulness of God has the, patern- has the potential to turn all of us into modern-day Hall of Famers of the faith to where what we do has an impact on someone else, that they will see God, that they can see Jesus. Collectively, 
Venture Church, we can be a great cloud of witnesses testifying to the power of the living God. Let's walk the walk together. Let's let the trainer, the Holy Spirit, train us as we walk. So I'm just going to take a segue here because I was talking about walking. And if you remember, I told you a story in the beginning about how I was feeling kind of faithful about going to get my wife a card for her anniversary. And let's face it, that wasn't too faithful. <clears throat> that was like one day. But what I, want, I do think demonstrates something different is that the faithfulness is basically demonstrated by this 26 years of loyalty and fidelity and a striving to hold up the vows that I promised her 16 years ago. Because faithfulness, venture, it's a characteristic of God's people who are in the process of being trained by the trainer. Walk the walk with the Holy Spirit. Can I pray with you? Almighty God, we come to you this morning, Lord. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord. He is a powerful trainer that will produce fruit, Lord, if we let him. Let us not restrain the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let us be bold and take a step. I pray all this in your name. Amen.